0: On the night Stan Ross got his 3,000th hit, he knew he had his ticket to the Hall of Fame. Who got my damn ball? ball! I got mine. mine. It ain't nothing in the world you can do about it. From that moment on, 3,000 wasn't just his record. It was his whole life. Mr. 3,000. Bring the whole family to Mr. 3,000 Shopping Center. And we're back. Another episode of the Bad Movies Worst Opinions Podcast, where we believe that everybody has a favorite bad movie. We took the 4th of July off. Schedules just didn't really line up well for us. But you know what, man? It is a Major League Baseball All-Star break, and we have been waiting for this movie. Mr. 3000 starring Bernie Mac and Angela Bassett. Rob, how you doing today, man?
1: I'm doing real well. Happy to be back. I enjoyed my 4th of July weekend, and I definitely watched this movie,
0: but it's definitely not great. (laughs) We only have one rule on this. The movie cannot be rated above a 6.0 on imdb mr 3000 came out in 2004 to a 5.6 on imdb the plot line An aging baseball star who goes by the nickname of Mr. 3000 finds out many years after retirement that he didn't quite reach 3000 hits. Now at age 47, he's back to try and reach that goal. This might be the most accurate plot description we have ever heard. That is exactly what the movie is about.
1: (laughs) You could just read them like, oh. I know how the movie is going to go for the most part. You might not know the love interest, the twist, the turns here and there, but if you just read that, you know exactly what the movie is having never watched
0: it. Release date September 17th of 2004. Rob, this movie was a box office stinker. Giant flop. The budget was $30 million. It made 21.8 at mm. the box office. Not a win
1: for Bernie Mac. No, and I actually mentioned Bernie Mac. I have my first of my fun facts today. Do you know at one juncture in time, the following people were all set to star as the main person? John Travolta, Richard Gere... And Denzel Washington were all at
0: one point set up to be Mr. 3000. What made them think that at any point in Denzel Washington's career, he was going to agree to do this movie? I do not. He has I, not a single movie like that in his resume. I would also tell you that even though, I mean, Denzel is a
1: far superior actor to Richard Gere and John Travolta, those are serious, dramatic actors. They are not comedians bernie mac is a comedian i want to know the logic on hey we're making this movie we want travolta couldn't get him we want denzel couldn't get him we want richard Gere. it
0: fell through let's go bernie mac <laughs> let's go get bernie mac for this. it doesn't make any sense the weekend that mr 3000 came out the number one movie was sky captain in the world tomorrow number two was mr 3000 number three resident evil apocalypse number four wimbledon there's a movie called Wimbledon. Yeah, it's got Kirsten Dunst in it. I've this, never seen this that. This would have been
1: before. peak Kirsten Dunst right after Spider-Man came out. She was trying to do serious actor movies.
0: Well, the movie made $7 million mm. on week one. They uh, The public was not a big fan. And Cellular, that movie was number five. This is one of the worst box offices that we've seen September of 2004. Football must have been hot there. Nobody wants to put a movie out during early football season. I mean, just, and not even just
1: in 04. Think about, do you ever see a movie in September, like ever, and think to yourself, man, that is a hit?
0: September, kind
1: of like February, is a little bit of a dead zone for elite films.
0: So looking at the cast, Bernie Mac is Stan Ross, Mr. 3000. Angela Bassett is Maureen Simmons. Michael Respoli is Tony Boca Carter. Brian J. White is T Rex Pennebaker. I thought this movie, it was a lot of guys in here and people in here. I was like, oh, he's in that one movie. Oh, I know him. Oh, I remember him. There was a lot of recognizable people in Mr. 3000. Yeah. I mean, the manager is Paulie from Goodfellas. Mm-hmm.
1: The general manager is, I think, I don't know which character is in Sex and the City, but he's in Sex and the City and in Law and Order. Mr. Big. He's Mr. Big. Okay. And yeah. Angela Bassett obviously is a major star, but like. Michael Raspoli, his I I recognize him from stuff. As I pull up his IMDB page, I'm like, I've seen this stuff. I don't remember him as the star of this stuff. But like it did have a lot of oh, I know
0: him moments. I mean Dick Inberg is basically the voice of this entire thing. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people, a lot of famous cameos, a lot of people. A lot of in
1: this movie. I think those are cameos, not star, though. Like, yes, yeah, Stuart Scott plays himself. Jay Leno, we'll get to that scene later, plays himself. But like Peter Gammon's at one point his scene, Those aren't like, oh, man, star powers. It's like a lot of sports niche cameos. Is Peter Gammons still alive? I don't believe so.
0: OK, I wasn't sure because I was watching. And I was like. I'm not sure if Peter Gammons is still with us or not I mean I haven't heard him for some time But just because I haven't heard you doesn't mean that you died I wasn't sure I would certainly hope that everything is alright with Peter Gammons I'm not sure one way or the other I figured that was one of your fun facts Peter Tell Gammons
1: us. according to Wikipedia is still alive So my Peter bad. Gammons
0: still kick it man My Peter bad Gammons. Peter Yeah you killed Peter Gammons on this podcast That's terrible man This movie starts with a Stan Ross Reebok commercial About how you may love to hate him But you have to love him You don't like me because I don't sign autographs. You don't like me because I tell you what's on my mind. But you love me because I'm one of the greatest hitters alive. Dick Enberg introduces our player as he's up to the plate for hit number 3000. No one seems to really like Stan Ross. Stan Ross is very unpopular. Would Stan Ross have a Reebok endorsement if he was this unpopular? His own hometown didn't love him. He's a potential Hall of Fame player, and his own city hates him. And this is a city like Milwaukee. We ain't talking about L.A. and New York. If you get a star in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, everybody should love you. No one seemed to love my man.
1: I will say another fun fact, that Reebok commercial that he does is a parody of Charles Barkley, I Am Not A role Model. model, So, I mean, it's an extreme example, but... LeBron, at one point, did the I'm the Villain commercial series when he went to Miami at first. And the part the commercial was like, hey, Chuck. And that was, I know Miami's different, LeBron's different, I get that. But there is an element of you can be a jerk, you can be a little bit of an AH, and people will still give you endorsement money. But I was stoned come, he comes to the plate and you're like, why isn't he being revered? Why isn't he more likable?
0: So as our hero is trying to get hit number 3,000... Well, he does. The ball hits the pitcher in the nuts. The pitcher throws the ball in the stance. and then a baseball fight breaks out. A baseball fight is just a whole bunch of nothing. Everybody's standing around. Bust a move, bust a move. Everybody acting like they're gonna do something. Man, what nobody about to throw punches in this fight, Rob. L- I mean, that was the most accurate portrayal of baseball I've ever seen. A lot of pushing, a
1: lot of shoving, a lot of talking, a lot a of, lot, nothing. Lot, lot of <laughs> nothing. Hey, we got people coming out of the dugout. We're gonna, we're gonna really pose and you know peacock but ain't nothing of note or consequence is
0: happening if I got my 3000th hit and then you threw the ball in the stands a real fight has to ensue a real I am a Hall of Fame player it's one thing if I hit a home run yeah I hit a ball in play, and you were going to throw it into the stands? No, absolute nonsense. So the ball is in the stands. Bernie Mac then goes up there. A kid is holding the ball. He just takes the ball from the kid. No trade, no nothing. Just takes the kid. You could have gave him your batting helmet. You could have gave him your gloves. Come on, Bernie. Don't do this, Stan Ross.
1: He went up into the stands. I know that maybe because of our day job being in sports. Can you imagine if... A-Rod got his 3,000 hit. Not A-Rod. I believe it was Jeter got his 3,000th hit as a home run. He didn't go out to the stands and grab it away from that person. When Barry Bonds hit 750-whatever, he didn't run out, jump over the wall, and grab the ball. Bo- Can you imagine if an athlete got into the stands being like, give me that. That's mine. Go away. After the game in
0: the post-game press conference, Stan Ross retires. Middle of the season, mid pennant race. I'm out of here, dog. The rest of this is y'all problem. I got what I came for. Mr. Bring the whole family to Mr. 3,000 Shopping Center. 3,000 cuts, 3,000 walks, 3,000 balls. (laughs) We now go to all of Bernie's businesses. Bernie's got Mr. 3,000 beepers. He's got Mr. 3,000 sports bar. He is Mr. 3,000. He is in there. Bernie is trying to get his Mac on. Oh, you caught that Mm -hmm. one. With a PYT, and he is telling her how the sports writers are keeping my man out of the Hall of Fame. If Stan didn't take steroids, Stan would be in the hall. If this was real life and you're telling me there is a player that had a over 300 career average, 3000 hits in his career and was not tied to Balco or the Mitchell report, that person would be in the Hall of Fame, no matter how unlikable they were. I 100%
1: agree. And I know they were the movies trying to sell his unlikability by him quitting and just being like, yep, I got 3000. I'm out of here it wasn't like his resume gets hurt by having 3,007 hits or whatever. Like the whole concept. I know they're trying to make him a jerk. He could have just finished the season, then retired. He could announce at that game. I'm retiring after the season. Like he's definitely a hall of famer. If he just finishes the year, why is he so obsessed with being on 3,000 at the dot? Me and you talked to enough athletes. They are driven by being the best ever. Why
0: wasn't he driven to get more than 3,000? Would he have played his whole career on a team? if no one on the team liked him. I mean, Hall of Fame players get traded all the time. I don't know if he would have just played with the Brewers from start to finish if he was as unlikable as the movie portrayed him to be. Yeah. I think I think at some point the team just gets tired of his personality and then they're just we're out. We're not doing this. I'm
1: trying I'm trying to think Pete Rose is I think it would be fun to be out and partying in the 70s with, but I don't think Pete Rose is a very likable character. He got traded, but he was, what, with two franchises basically his whole life, the Reds and the Phillies? So maybe he's not, like, making seven or eight stops, but he definitely isn't a one-and-done franchise guy forever. Unless, I mean, maybe the Brewers were hard up for attendance at the time, too, because there's no other reason you would just keep trotting out this great player and getting your
0: teeth kicked in every night. Yeah, would you be going out to the ballpark to watch Dan Ross I mean, he seemed like a, a punch and Judy hitter. He seemed just like a singles and doubles guy. You telling me he was he was getting you to the park? I think. I mean, I know Tony
1: Gwynn was a much better player than Stan Ross, but isn't he kind of Tony Gwynnish? I mean, Tony Gwynn got people to San Diego. Now they, they went to the World Series one year. They did a little bit of winning when they got Royd Monster, Ken Caminiti at third.
0: But yo, don't call him that <laughs> on this podcast. Don't call Ken Caminiti this. You, you call him Godzilla. <laughs> From the last pod, <laughs> so it is Stan Ross Day at the K. So Boca, Bernie Mac's right hand man, convinces Mister Big, the owner, to have Stan Ross Day at the uh, at the K. Nobody wants to talk at Stan Ross Day. They get Big Horse McGee or whatever the guy's name was to show up to speak. I don't know what that man was talking about. Just the absolute worst speech. The owner should have went up there to say something.
1: Honestly, did they need someone to speak? Like, have the play-by-play voice. Have Dick Emberg come down. I mean, I'm, again, I, I'm cross-referencing with real life. Ryan Lefevre talked at Lorenzo Cain Day. It wasn't like LaFever and Cain were hanging out in the streets after games. Have anyone talk other than that stranger. Also,
0: you can't get the, big horse to come yeah, down and do it.
1: The right hand man and just buddy had to convince the organization to have a <laughs> special day for their Hall of Fame former player. Can you imagine if George Brett's pal was like, hey, you guys should do a George Brett day. And People were like, I don't
0: know. I'm on the fence. That's crazy to me. Something tells me that you're not going to have to twist John Sharman's arm That's to, do, to do Salvador Perez day at Conference Stadium. Well, I think Stan is about to get in, but we learned that there is an error. He actually doesn't have 3,000 hits. He is actually three hits short. So he needs to come back. He's back, baby. He's coming back to get his record back. The owner is down. People are not going to Brewer's game, and he will do anything to spice up attendance. He has one month to get in shape, and then he can come up with the September call-ups, and boy, he needs that time to get back in shape. This is one of the worst workout montages I have ever seen. This part, you would just think with the comedic humor that you have from Bernie Mac, this scene could have maybe hit and been a little bit funnier. One of my biggest critiques about this movie is I don't think they really let Bernie Mac go. Like, I don't really think they let Bernie Mac be really funny in this movie where you know that I really love Guess Who? I'm a Mm -hmm. big fan of Guess Who? There's a lot of Bernie Mac and Ashton Kutcher going back and forth, and you feel like I get real, authentic Bernie on the, on the stage. I don't feel like you got him here, Mr. 3000, and this is one of those scenes that really highlights that to
1: this me. This is probably the first time the movie, I mean, I, I suspended belief pretty early in this movie because of my sports fandom, but this is the first moment in the movie I thought to myself, this, this is miscast. This is a mistake. Because Bernie Mac during this training montage, you're right, at no point it's funny. Which it should be funny. You're having a 47 year old man try to get back in baseball shape. We should have some fun humor here, or it should be like a serious training montage. It's neither. But in this moment, it dawned on me, the idea that Bernie Max, professional athlete, just seemed unbelievable to me because it's not funny in this moment, and it's like a serious
0: character thing. And I'm he like, have, he does have a baseball body though. Not really though. He's got a Matt Stairs body. We've a- seen a lot of we. Okay, basketball player in shape. Football player yeah. We'd have seen a lot of baseball players with maybe, a Bernie Mac build.
1: Maybe it's the comedian element where I just I'm like, oh I can't I can't picture it. But they're like during this training montage, he's doing like workout stuff that you would think even a Matt Stairs type could lift weights. And he acts like lifting weights and doing some stretching is akin to
0: like, he's he's curing old.
1: cancer. Like he's he's old. 47-year-olds know how to stretch, okay?
0: <laughs> I actually, I one of the parts I liked about this movie were the side characters I liked the strength and conditioning coach where they had the bet about the push-ups and he was uh-huh. like, I bet you $100 he was like, well I take that cash or check I liked a lot of the side characters I like Boca, we'll get to the team here coming up in a bit I really thought the movie I liked the mascot, the sausage guy I thought this movie did a really good job with side characters uh, fun fact, you know, the sausage I movie? love the fun facts that's Dane Cook really <laughs> <laughs> Here, so my that's Dane that's Cook my fun
1: fact sausage boy, the sausage mascot is comedian Dane Cook.
0: I thought he was funny, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I thought Dane Cook was funny in this movie. So, Stan Ross is having his I'm Back press conference, and we notice that there is some unresolved sexual tension between him and Child's Mama. We get introduced to the team, and Stan is hitting eight. New Stan Ross, aka T Rex Pennebaker, is hating on old Stan Ross. It's game one. And the game is moving way too fast for our guy. It is a terrible first day of the job for Stan. RIP to Stuart Scott, man. I thought the use of media was by far and away the best thing. I know we'll do when our hero comes along later in the pod, but I thought that was one of the highlights. The way they use the best damn sports show, the way that they use PTI, mm-hmm. the way that they use SportsCenter, ESPN. I thought that was by far and away the best part about this. Movie.
1: It was really well done because you could see if this happened in real life. Like, let's say, like, Julio Franco at 47 years old is still kicking around in Major League Baseball and trying to get 3,000 hits as an unlikable character. You would see a PTI crushing him, especially in 04. You would see a best damn sports show making fun of him, especially in 04. Stuart Scott being like the whole lot of flailing going up there. That's what sports would look like if this was real life. That was all sensational. I guess we're going to get deeper into the team here in a minute. But another moment I didn't like about this movie is they tried to early on portray – T-Rex Panabaker as like, you know, the, I don't want you in my clubhouse. I'm the star now kind of guy. If this happened in real life, every baseball player would be T-Rex Panabaker. Can you imagine if the Royals like, Hey, George, why don't you come back for a few at bats? Bobby Witt would hate it. He would not be like, Cool, man. Taking abs from our guys. See,
0: I actually don't know if that would be the case. Because I think, and real I think quick. He, but I'm saying, I, I I think it really depends on how likable it was. That's fair. I'm saying, so like, Stan didn't come back with the, hey, man, I want to help the teams. And also, you got to factor into so your knowledge about George Brett. George Brett's also been around the guys and kind of built up a little bit of a chemistry and a camaraderie. We don't know who you are whatever our preconceived notion is, you confirm that in your introductory press conference that you don't really like us. You think that we're worthless. You were in this for yourself. Then that's when I think you get the issues in the clubhouse.
1: That's probably fair. May I'm maybe the roles were bad example. I just think that any professional athlete who the final year of their professional athlete job has to deal with a sideshow that is a hundred percent a media gimmick. I don't think any player in that clubhouse thought any more about it than that. If you had to deal with a media gimmick for a month, You would probably be annoyed that the gimmick walked around like he's that dude. You would be frustrated with the gimmick.
0: Especially because the gimmick can't help you win either. That's the part about it, too. The gimmick couldn't help you win either. So the fans have responded. 35,000 fans attended Miller Park. He ain't going anywhere despite his troubles. And I'm telling you that he was bad. So, Angela Bassett, T'Challa's mama, and Stan Ross are on a date. This date is not going very well. Well, the Brewers, they are atrocious. T-Rex Pennebaker hits a home run, but two guys should have been on base. He and Ross clash over his attitude, which is ironic because he's acting just like Stan Ross. You know, we always say on here that there is normally a really good movie in there. You just kind of got to wade mm-hmm. through it. I think the good movie is there in it. I think the relationship between T-Rex Pennebaker and Stan Ross is good. I think the use of media is good. I felt like this movie, you know how when we watched Good Burger, mm-hmm. you and I were like, yo, they told Keenan and Kel, go. You were yep. in here because you love Keenan and Kel. As somebody who loves Bernie Mac, one of my favorite comedians, I don't really feel like they let Bernie Mac really go here. I don't really feel like they turned up the Bernie Mac to 10,000 the way that we've seen in some other movies.
1: I actually felt this when I watched it. It was before I knew the fun facts. I felt like Bernie Mac was miscast because if this was supposed to be a comedy, he's not funny. I if This is supposed to be a serious movie. And I can see there's a serious movie in there. I think the serious movie might be pretty good in there too. Hey, it's a self-centered former ball player who comes back and now realizes, Hey, I'm grown, I'm hated, I'm disliked, you don't want to be me, and becomes a father-type figure to a young team. That's a good movie, too. But you can't have Bernie Mac be that guy. You can't have a comedy legend. You can't have a person with that ilk of humor try to play the serious, i like a father figure to these young kids role. I know Denzel would have never taken the role, but I get how they're after Denzel. He fits they're looking for. I even could get Travolta or even Richard Gere to an extent, in that role. There are probably other actors in 0405 I could have seen this role. But you can't have one of the kings of comedy, a comedy legend, come in and not be funny and try to be the serious guy I'm going to be the lead you the right path
0: guy. It doesn't work. Yeah, I'm with you. I feel like to our first podcast, you either got to tell Bernie Mac to be Will Ferrell and Semi-Pro mm-hmm. or play the movie straight up. Then get And a then series, don't get Bernie Mac. Yeah, yeah. Then, then then get a serious person to do it. I'm with you. So Stan Ross and Aunt T'Challa's mama are getting hot and heavy. This does nothing for me. One of the things I hate about movies, and I get it, every movie does not need a love interest. We don't need a romantic part of every single movie. Their storyline does not interest me in the least bit. In some movies, I love the storyline. Rocky and Adrian's relationship on the very serious end. Like We can go on the opposite end of the spectrum with a love interest in a, in a, in a sports movie. This there's no reason for this. There's no reason for Angela Bassett to be in this movie.
1: None. I actually felt the same way and I actually felt like it's my miscasting point. That was that's my main takeaway from this movie. It's it's very poorly cast because Angela Bassett is a very serious, well-respected actress. She's one of those type of actresses. What is she doing in this movie and why does she have a storyline no one cares about? She her whole storyline, there's almost no depth to it. The minute they showed her and Bernie Mac talk for the first time, you could telegraph what's coming. She is generic insert. We need a love interest. This is how you write love interest in 04.
0: You know what it felt like? It felt like a lesser version of Rene Russo and the catcher, Tom. uh, I had that in my notes. That's what it feels like. It's almost the same plot between the two. Hey, remember that one night we were together? Oh, I remember you hooking up with that bimbo.
1: I had a way better body than her. That's what it feels like. Exactly. And you add the element of him. It's just like, it's only to cement his dislikability the whole movie. I actually had that in my notes. This movie is Jake Taylor, and real- I was going to make that at the end of the movie. This is Jake Taylor's storyline just played out with Bernie Mac at a different level. Because, like, the ending, which we'll get to, I'm not jumping ahead. The ending is the literal ending of Major League. <laughs> it's yeah. the exact same. So it's, it is Jake Taylor and Rene Russo just done with two prominent black actors and actresses instead of whoever they did major league with.
0: So T'Challa's mama, that's uh, Angela Bassett here. She is getting reassigned. So she is in town because she works for ESPN. She's basically Lisa Salters. He is 0 for 27 from the plate. You are not a big story anymore. Sports center is not covering you every single day. You don't look like you're getting a hit. He is in his feelings because he's not hitting the ball and he ain't hitting her at this point. Our guy is 0 for 27 at the plate, and it is not going well. He is watching TV, and my boy is getting cooked. He tells Boca he agrees to play in the next three home games, and if he doesn't get a hit, he's going to retire. He's done. Well, we're back at the park. The Brewers are losing per usual, and he notices that the pitcher is tipping his pitch. He grounds out, but this is the first time that we've seen him make contact. A hidden ball trick. Stan is having fun. This is when I feel like the movie started to turn a little bit, And this is where I wish they had focused in on this part a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Once this part, like once he has that conversation with Boca and he says, Hey, if this keeps going the way that it's going, I'm going to retire. I felt like the movie really started to kind of hit its stride. I thought it had a good balance of humor from there. And I also thought it had a really good, it, it, it really stuck to what the core story was.
1: Yeah. But the problem with that is I think from this moment on, it's just major league. It's like, There's the crafty veteran, Jake Taylor, who's now trying to guide the young guys, have some fun in the clubhouse. Now, they've kind of mushed some characters together. Bernie Mac is a little bit of the manager for Major League and Jake Taylor, but it's have fun, some fun comedic value. He starts to hit again. The team starts to get better. It's like the now we're all you know in this together type of moment. It just seems like a mashed up version of characters from Major League just done worse and less funny.
0: Well, the Brewers lose again because that's what the Brewers do. And T-Rex Pennebaker is having a press conference that would make T.O. blush. Stan Ross comes to save him from himself outside. They have a heart to heart talk where, He basically realizes, yo, I'm you. Like, I don't want to be you. Like, I can see into the future. I hit these home runs. I'm doing all this. We not winning. This ain't got nothing to do with me. And I thought Bernie did a good job of convincing him, yo, like, the way you keep moving, you're going to end up just like I am. Look at me. You are so much better than I could be. I want you to learn from my mistakes. Wait. Stan gets his first hit? This is one of the weakest hit ground balls I've ever seen in my entire life. T-Rex stands up. He's ready to rally the troops to come in third. Now T'Challa's mama is back, and she wants to pop up because Stan is back on top. Stan wants this to be a thing, but she has other ideas. Please get this storyline away from me. (laughs) They brought her back just for the sake of
1: bringing her back. Please like, get the like, storyline out of here. It is paint by numbers love interest. There's nothing. There is nothing unique about their storyline. It is the most plug and play generic. If they would, by the way, Angela Bassett's a phenomenal actress. She if you make
0: this movie too, I get why Stan was acting this way.
1: But if you change her for a different actress, does the storyline change? Does that anything about Let's was it Nia Long? Let's say you change it to that.
0: Anything change? yeah but I don't think like at that point with Nia Long like I think you needed like an older person to kind of show that they had had some history like I don't know what the age disparity is between those two and maybe I don't know like like, I'm trying to remember when Bernie died how
1: long Nia Long was I was trying to think I'm like we did earlier we did uh the Martin Lawrence movie I'm like I could see Nia Long being appropriate too young but an appropriate like I could but like you didn't need to have, whoa, we have Angela Bass in this movie to have the most generic, nonsensical, useless love interest element. Team bonding
0: is happening. Stan Ross hit a home run. Wait, wait, wait. Timeout, timeout, timeout. His first hit was a weak dribbler. Now he's got pop. He had a home run. He had to hit a home run. He could have just hit a CNI single. He didn't have to hit no home run. Here. I mean,
1: Tony Payne Jr. has home runs in his major league career. So he wasn't forty seven when
0: he that's, hit it. That's fair. He he hadn't he hadn't shown us even a good strong foul ball up to that point in an AB. Now he's got pop. Absolutely not. So now he is at 299. Mr. Big, the owner, wants him to sit out for the road games to make sure that Mr. 3000 gets Mr. 3000 at Miller Park. Well, he's still trying to get at Sachala's mama, and he tells her that he has called a special practice at 9 o'clock a.m. But later we found out, that he has an opportunity to go on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. What is he going to do? Is he going to go to the special practice that he called, or is he going to go to the Tonight Show? Rob, what happened? He went to the Tonight Show. Well, you know what happens? He skips the practice. Stan Ross, they want me to believe that Stan Ross was such an asshole. His own fan base hated him. Now he's beloved because he got two hits. He got two hits. One was a weak dribbler. The other one was a home run. He was batting less than 100 He's going on. He's going on. Good Morning America, Sports Center, First Take. He's going on everywhere off these two hits.
1: That and I know the owner told him to do it, but he goes from bad teammate to good teammate and likable guy to back to. It almost happened too fast. Like you mentioned earlier, like that moment, the movie was having fun and there's the pivot and the whole deal that seemed too late in the movie because we get the he's a bad person. He's a bad teammate thing. Build up. Look, he's turning good. And then this scene happens and you're like, oh, he's back to bad. He's back to being an ass like we hate him. I didn't like the pacing, I guess, for lack of a better term, of how they built to this moment.
0: So now he goes back to the sports bar and T'Challa's mama is mad. She's mad. He was the one that told her to come to the practice. Then he wasn't at the practice. They get into a fight in front of everybody. She is incredibly mad. Well, it's time for the final game of Mr. 3000's career. And the team chemistry is all off. Man, they were having fun, man. Mm -hmm. They were telling jokes. They were telling stories. They were telling us what ice cream was like where they grew up. He had to go mess it up, bro, just to go on the Tonight Show, bro. It just don't make no sense. Well, first, A.B. flies out. Second, A.B., it's a bang-bang play at the plate. Pauly, the manager, who has said nothing the entire movie. He just exists. It's hot about Stan being called out. Stan was safe.
1: Yeah, 100%. Stan was
0: safe. Yeah, man. If they had a review, He's Stan safe. was safe. He would have got Mr. 3000, but obviously he can't get Mr. 3000. Well, T-Rex Pennebaker hits a double. Stan is coming to the plate. His three thousand hit could be a game-winning RBI. Well, what a off. great story. Well, Stan lays a sacrifice bunt to help the team win the game and gives up his chance at 3,000. Did you like the ending to this? Because I feel like the ending, in terms of a movie, it cannot wrap up much more neatly than this.
1: I don't like the ending, and here's why. A, like I mentioned earlier, I think they're just stealing the ending of Major League, the bunt single. Or the lays down the bunt for the team to win moment. I know that Jake had a bunt single, so not the exact same. We do the exact same thing. I don't like that. Also, when it happened in major league, it's to win the pennant. It's like a huge deal. Bernie Mac sacrifices himself to be in third place on a trash team that had one month of camaraderie. I think you could have had him get the 3000s hit. And then had a moment where the team comes out and celebrates him, which would have been so different than the first time. You could have had that, you know, that full circle moment where look, he got the three thousands hit again, and his teammates like him. But instead, you did a diet version of the major league ending, and I did not like it.
0: I actually did like him throwing the ball in the stands. I thought that I know you love your callbacks. That, that was a I did great like. callback to the very beginning of the movie that, Hey, I did the ultimate sacrifice my entire career. I've been about self. I've been about self. I sacrificed. And then my ball got through in the stands for what I thought was my 3000th hit. I threw it in there. I did like that part, everything else. I mean, it just wraps up so incredibly neat at the end of the movie, which I mean, I'm not saying it needs to end with some huge conflict, but it was just, it was the perfect storybook ending.
1: I also, then we get the fade to black and now all his stuff is Mr. 2,999 ice cream, Mr.
0: 2,999.
1: I like that. I thought that was was kind of a cutesy and fun, but I'm like, you know, we're going to really name the restaurant because he has one less hit. Like, really? What what
0: are we doing? So, our movie, Mr. 3000, got a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes with an average rating of 5.8 out of 10. The site's critical consensus says Bernie Mac demonstrates he can play the game even if the movie is a few innings shorts of a complete game.
1: I disagree with that breakdown very much. I don't think Bernie Mac was very good in this movie because
0: he's not Bernie Mac. I do think that the movie is a few innings short of a complete game. I would agree with that. I don't know if Bernie Mac demonstrated he could play the game. I agree. Yeah, I don't know if he demonstrated that. And I feel bad saying this because I love Bernie Mac. I love Kings of Comedy. I love Guess Who? You know, I love the Bernie Mac show. Mm -hmm. I love that. I just don't feel like I got a vintage Bernie Mac performance here. What do you think Roger Ebert feels about this movie? Oh boy Roger Ebert. probably you says, never know what him going in go. he can be 50 50.
1: Outside of Good burger. he's pretty down on movies that are like were had the intent of trying to be good. So I think he's gonna come down pretty hard on this movie.
0: Roger Eper praised Bernie Max for delivering quote a funny and kind of touching performance what? that's believable while Angela Bassett infuses her convincing and emotional spirit into her character and the film overall for sidestepping its sports comedy formula. Saying, "Quote to my surprise, it finds a variation that is from Roger Ebert. Every time I'm so stunned. Every time I dislike a movie, he likes. He it. He loves it.
1: Every time I'm like, you know, this movie's not that bad. Why do people hate it? He's like, this is a trash movie. It's disastrous. <laughs> I don't. I guess me and him are never in lockstep.
0: Never, not one time. We can never guess what Roger not Ebert feels about any movie. All right, man." Let's get to when a hero comes along. Give me a person, place, or thing that you think tried to save this movie from being rated under a six.
1: Can I say the relationship between Bernie Mac and T-Rex? Because I feel like now having the fun facts and having watched the movie, I think what the core of the movie is trying to do is trying to portray, hey, guy who was selfish jerk. Comes back, starts being selfish jerk again, realizes the air in his ways and his life is not what it could be because he's a selfish jerk and has a chance to lead someone else away from that wrong life living thing. The problem with that is Bernie Mac shouldn't be the character. But the idea that there's a young asshole who goes on TV being like, I Homer, these bums suck. And he has to take him aside and be like, yo, I was you. That relationship is the core of the movie, and that's what they're trying to build. I just think they miscast both people, but that relationship
0: still, despite the errors around it, does work. I'm going to go with the side characters. More importantly, I'm going to go with the two infielders. I thought their back and forth and the games was so fun. I thought they were the funniest part about the movie. We've already talked about the use of media, so I don't want to use that here. But when they're throwing the sunflower seeds, when they're playing the game about guess what Stan Ross' batting average was, I thought they were a nice comedic value for a movie that could have used a little bit more. Which is funny, because I thought the the Japanese guy, I want to make sure I get his orientation right, the guy that didn't know how to curse, Mm. I thought he was funny. Son of a... Bitch. good 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 that's pimp stuff no. yeah kiss ma my... black ass don't do don't, don't, don't get personal don't get personal no, no 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 that's too much i didn't mean no, no 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 i know i thought the sausage was funny i thought the two infielders were funny hey stan you think that diaper is affecting your swing maybe you should do something lighter how about a wimble bat <laughs> How about I sell my Hall of Fame bet up the crack of your mascot ass, make you a hot dog on a stick, bitch? Yeah, I might be a sausage with teeth, but you sure as hell ain't no Hall of Famer. I don't even know if Bernie Mac's one of the three funniest people in the
1: movie. I think if Bernie Mac had actually been funny in this movie, it would have been a really enjoyable, fun family com—not family comedy, but like. A fun comedy with a sports backdrop, but Bernie Mac wasn't funny. Bernie Mac and Angela Bassett were like doing a serious movie while the rest of the characters are doing a funny movie and it doesn't work. It's like, it just doesn't gel. So you're right. He's not one of the top three funniest characters, which is sad because he's one of the funniest people that we've ever seen. So I'm fine with the side characters and their comedy being a hero. The problem was the person that should have been the comedic hero came up with comedic nothing. Give me something you thought was doing too much in this movie. Can I see the casting?
0: The let, let, let's skip that one since you and I have talked about the love interest that, and we don't like it. That's fair. I just, if you're telling me, I just would have, I would have completely removed Angela Bassett's character and I would have spent more time flushing out his comeback on the team mm-hmm. and or his relationship with T-Rex Pennebaker if I was doing it. But I get it. Every movie has to have a love interest.
1: Okay. This is a weird doing too much. Can I talk about how this movie doesn't have a villain? I think th- the villain is Stan. Yeah, but I think once in the middle he pivots to a good guy, there is no bad guy anymore. You had a chance to add the owner as a bad guy. You had the chance to make the media – like, you could have added a foil to Stan and, like, maybe when he pivots or, like, make his best – the only dilemma we had was Stan versus Stan. And once that gets resolved, which I know it kind of, like, walks back with the Jay Leno thing, but once that gets mostly resolved – The story is just guys playing baseball. It didn't seem like there was enough turmoil. So a lack of a true villain is, I guess, what I'm going to say is doing too much because you knew eventually watching this movie, Stan's going to go from jerk to nice person. Everyone knew it was telegraphed. It is what it is. I knew that was coming. You knew that was coming. Why why is there nothing else in the movie that keeps me connected? Because once he becomes a good person, it's like, ho-hum, they're not winning. So there's no interest in like, oh, there's team success. There's no second villain where it's like, I mean, Stan flipped, but, you know, his buddy's still an asshole or the owner's still a dude. None of that ever existed. It's just Stan versus Stan. And once Stan figures it out, like the 90 minute mark, you're kind of the movie's kind of over, despite the fact they're still film
0: running. I'm going to do by doing too much to this because we've already kind of used some of the ones I would do. I thought T-Rex Baker flipped way too quick in the movie. That's fair. He was terrible. He was an awful teammate for most. It took one conversation outside after he hit a home run and a losing effort. And now he is Mr. Ra Ra. Let's finish in third place. Let's win one for the Gipper. Like it is didn't really take a lot to get T Rex Pennebaker there. So I'm, I'm just going to go do it too much for his personality switch. If I can't go with Angela Bassett love story, because I just would have completely removed that from the
1: movie. That's fair. I would have said casting if I, but we, we spent the whole podcast no about how that the casting was wrong.
0: All right. So this movie on IMDb. Mr. 3000 got a 5.6 on IMDb. Is that too much, too little, or just right? I'm going to say just right.
1: It's a little bit bland as far as a sports movie. Like we always in this podcast, I can see a better movie in there. You could have done, you know, a Bernie Mac version of Major League-ish and add some fun, make it kind of a comedy element. They don't hit that well enough. They could have done a serious actor deal. I know they probably tried to do that based on the fun facts. May not Denzel, but a Denzel type, I could see that being a good, serious, you know, hey, I'm going to lead this person to a better life type of movie. I could see both better movies, but combining them made a pretty generic blah, sports movie. 5.6 is about right. I'm not going to nitpick and say I think it's a 5.4 or whatever. So this is about right.
0: Yeah, I mean, you and I are on the same page with this. 5.6 is about right. I don't hate this movie. I don't love this movie. I've seen it multiple times. It's an easy watch. Mm-hmm. Bernie Mac is okay in there. don't think he's great. Angela Bassett looks great. I like her character. She's got the fire. I like the side characters. I think if you gave this a little bit harsher, I think the lowest I could probably go is 5.2. I don't think this mm-hmm. movie's in the fours. I think that would be very harsh. It, it can't be higher than a 5.6. Like a 5.8, no. I think, is a little bit too high. 5.9. It is not on that cusp of being a good movie. And that's why I use six as the threshold. I think 5.6 is about right.
1: Yeah, like I said, I'm not going to nitpick. If if someone's like, it's better, it's a 5.7. Okay, that's the same. That's whatever to me. Like, I think it's probably a 5.4, but there's no point in me being like, let me tell you why it's a 5.4 and this movie's overvalued.
0: That it's right where it should be. Is it time to do YY Wild Wild West next week, man? Oh, finally. Yes, please. I want to do Wild Wild West. Because we didn't do it, because we were going to do Independence Day 2. Our schedules got kind of out of whack. We couldn't do it. Next week, let's watch Wild Wild West, man. Can't wait for it. I'm excited. This is the Bad Movies Worst Opinions podcast where we believe that everybody has a favorite bad movie. Do us a favor. Like, review, subscribe, do all that things that podcasters ask us to do. Next week, Wild Wild West. Take care, everybody.